Do you feel trapped in the mental hunger games? Perhaps you think about food so much of the time that you can barely concentrate on anything without being interrupted by food thoughts. Or maybe you're well aware that you're restricting and you know that you're actually really hungry, but you feel that if you actually honored your mental hunger, you'd swing to the other side and you won't ever be able to stop eating. Or maybe you resonate with this. You're really far along in your recovery and you've gained weight and maybe you're even weight restored, yet still you can't stop thinking about food. If this sounds like you, my friend, you need to watch my online training, How to Win the Mental Hunger Games. I created this training because I know how confusing it is to be surrounded by all this contradictory recovery advice. Some people are saying, food freedom, intuitive eating, you have to honor all your cravings to recover. While others are saying that you need to eat mindfully and you need to relearn what hunger and fullness is so that you can come to realize that your cravings for junk food are just trying to fill an emotional void. I mean, no wonder you're confused. I was too. But thankfully, I found my way to food freedom and my training is here to help you do the same. It teaches you exactly why you're experiencing mental hunger, regardless of your weight or size. It also explains how to know if it's really hunger and not emotional eating or binge eating. And lastly, you'll learn the number one mistake most people make that actually keeps them stuck in mental hunger. The best part of it all is that this training is 100% free. It's free 99, baby. (laughs) I just love that one. All you have to do is head over to livelabelfree.com forward slash mental hunger to watch the free training, How to Win the Mental Hunger Games. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Gotta put one foot in front of the other. Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast, where you'll learn to let go of limiting labels and embrace your unique brain. As my mom says so beautifully in her song, which is why on this podcast, you'll learn the scientific links between neurodiversity and eating disorders, giving you a deeper understanding of how you can face your fears and become truly free. Together, you and me, we will keep putting one foot in front of the other. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another Q&A Tuesday. So as I mentioned a couple episodes back, this Q&A podcast series is a time where I will answer your questions. So if there's anything specific you ever want me to answer on the Live Label Free podcast, do be sure to let me know by either sending me a DM on Instagram at Live Label Free or sending me a message at livelabelfree.com forward slash contact. Today's question comes from Victoria, who writes, Hello, Livia. I struggled with disordered eating, 
non-medically diagnosed and I am now dealing with extreme hunger and I have kind of a hard time honoring my extreme hunger because I never completely stopped eating. I was still eating at mealtimes. She says, I was definitely restricting, but I have a hard time feeling that I quote-unquote deserve extreme hunger ever since my family began not supporting me. I am not trying to change their beliefs because I've tried, but I am trying to see if even if I still ate, it is possible to experience extreme hunger. Thank you so much for all you do. I admire you a lot. Oof, so much to unpack here. Basically, what Victoria is saying is that, well, there are two things. First, she acknowledges that she has been restricting, but she was always still eating meals. So what I'm immediately sensing here is that she feels she doesn't fit that eating the sort of stereotype of someone who can somehow miraculously survive on just eating a carrot stick every day. <laughs> I mean, I think we all know that image way too well, um, whether it be a carrot stick or an apple or a cucumber slice. <laughs> um, I just remember growing up and in the biology textbook about anorexia, it was like, they literally just don't eat anything. It's like a miracle. Um, and I, I really do resonate with that fear of not fitting that image um, because I was always eating three meals and a few snacks a day, even when I was at my sickest. But I simply wasn't eating enough in total to support my health. So we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But first, let's finish unpacking Victoria's entire message. So she's been eating meals, but knows it's not enough for her body. And from her message, I'm definitely sensing that she also knows having extreme hunger is a totally normal response to that restriction. However, and this is the root of the fear, she feels she doesn't deserve extreme hunger. Or in other words, her extreme hunger is not quote-unquote valid enough because she was never completely starving herself. And then she talks about how this fear is amplified because not only is she struggling with this, but now her family has also stopped supporting her. Okay, so to answer this question of whether or not it's possible to experience extreme hunger even if you are still eating meals, I want to tell you about the core philosophy of Live Label Free. As the name obviously suggests, living label free is all about letting go of labels that limit you from living the life you were born to live. Of course, this is very simply put, and I have a whole module in my course, Extremely Hungry to Completely Satisfied, all about the dangers of labels, and I teach you how to break free from them, but in essence, Labels truly are the root of restriction, and when I say restriction, I don't just mean food restriction. I mean restriction in every sense of the word, so including in the metaphysical sense. When you believe you cannot fully recover, what you're actually doing is labeling yourself as someone who cannot fully recover. By attaching this label to yourself, you're taking on the identity of a person that will never fully recover. And the thing about our beliefs, which ultimately form our identity, is that our unconscious mind will act in alignment 
with those beliefs. So in this example, if you believe you will never recover, you will take actions that confirm that belief, which translates into having the identity of someone with an eating disorder. Or to give another example unrelated to food or exercise, say you believe you'll never be able to write a book even though you want to. By believing this, you are labeling yourself as a person who will never be able to write a book. So then what's the consequence of this if you actually really want to write that book? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. As long as you believe that you're not able to write a book, you won't. I mean, what's the point in writing if it's never going to be a success anyways? Now, you may be thinking, Livia, thanks for sharing this. I get it. Labels are dangerous and restrictive. But how the heck does this tie back to whether or not I deserve extreme hunger, even if I still ate meals? Well, let me tell you. What Victoria portrayed in her message was that her extreme hunger isn't valid. Now, I'm sure you can guess what I'm going to say now, and that is that that word, valid, is a label. A label that is restricting Victoria in every sense of the word. Because what defines whether or not extreme hunger is valid? Is it someone's past eating behaviors? Is it how, quote-unquote, severely which note, again, is another label, one restricted? Or is extreme hunger, or any type of hunger for that matter, or any type of bodily sensation for that matter, defined by someone's unique needs? To make this a bit more tangible for you, let's unpack the definition of hunger. As defined by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, hunger is a craving or urgent need for food or a specific nutrient. And the word extreme can be defined as reaching a high or the highest degree, i.e. very great. So, when we put these two terms together, the resulting definition of extreme hunger is a very urgent need for food or specific nutrients. Note here that nowhere in the definition of hunger does it state that someone's hunger is only valid if they haven't eaten for a certain amount of time, nor is it based on the amount of food or the amount of meals someone consumed prior to the onset of said hunger. Hunger is simply a way for humans to acquire food to meet a survival need. So tying this back to eating disorders and restriction and of course Victoria's original question, it doesn't matter how long you restricted or how much you were eating. All that matters is that you are hungry now. If you are experiencing high levels of hunger, it's simply because your body needs high levels of food. Even if you were still eating three meals and three snacks every single day of your eating disorder like I was, if your body was not getting enough energy to support optimal health, you went into energy deficit. And if you are in energy deficit, you will need to consume a lot of food to get out of energy deficit and come back to a state of energy balance. The only reason you find it difficult to honor your hunger is because you have labels and beliefs that clash with doing so.
Whether you believe you didn't restrict long enough, you aren't underweight enough, the types of food you're craving are too unhealthy, the list of labels goes on. Continuing to attach your identity to these ultimatums will never make honoring extreme hunger any easier because your unconscious mind, a mind that is always seeking to support your current identity, it will go against the actions that are necessary to overcome extreme hunger, which, as you know, means eating and resting. I know this is probably a lot more philosophical than you may be used to from me, and maybe <laughs> a lot more philosophical than recovery content in general, but shifting your mindset to let go of labels really is the key to full recovery because you cannot take the necessary recovery actions if your mind is prohibiting you from doing so. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, you can't control your thoughts, but you can always control your actions. Well, I believe this phrase is really quite invalidating because it isn't that simple. If your beliefs are so strong, they will inevitably influence your actions. And that's why you cannot recover from disordered eating or anything that goes with that without doing the necessary mindset work. Eating disorders are mental illnesses, meaning they're about shifting your mental state. I mean, of course eating and resting and doing all the external stuff is really important, but if you're not doing the mental work, the eating and resting won't matter because an eating disorder is not a physical ailment. In the end, the only difference between someone with an eating disorder and someone without an eating disorder is their mindset. It's how they think. It's their thoughts. Because of course, their thoughts then influence their actions, and that's why they won't have all these physical ailments, because the way they think, um, if that's a healthy way of thinking, they will of course take healthy actions for their body. And speaking of thoughts and beliefs, I wanted to touch on one more aspect of Victoria's message, and that is what she said about her parents' beliefs and them no longer supporting her. I get a lot of messages from parents about how to best support their child or children struggling with eating disorders, so I'll have to save that topic for another episode, but I did want to address this difficulty with extreme hunger when your loved ones don't understand or don't support you. Honestly, just as honoring extreme hunger is difficult because you believe it's wrong or invalid, believing that honoring extreme hunger is more difficult if you don't have support from a specific person is simply because you believe that. So to explain what I mean, let's go back to the example I gave earlier about writing a book. Just as it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy of impossibleness if you believe it's impossible for you to write a book, believing that you need your parents or anyone else's understanding or support to recover will make it impossible to recover if you don't have that. Not because that's a fact, but simply because, again, that's what you believe. Of course, I'm not saying that support doesn't mean anything. I mean, I don't think I could have recovered if it weren't for the incredible support and help I had on my own journey. And it's the reason I'm a coach, because recovery is easier when you have someone walking by your side, cheering you along the way. It is easier when you do have support. 
Humans are social creatures, meaning we crave connection and it's what motivates us to keep moving forward and to keep challenging ourselves. However, only you can shift your mindset. My family was a massive part of my recovery, but they couldn't do the work for me. My course and what I talk about with clients during coaching sessions are all really helpful tools, but they cannot do the work for you. And lastly, but perhaps most importantly, the truth is that no one will truly understand what you're going through if they don't have lived experience. So often, I hear my clients say that their parents or partners or guardians or friends or whoever supports them have stopped supporting them. And I don't think it's because they don't care, it's because they don't know how. And the reason they don't know how is because they don't understand. Again, you will never understand if you don't have that lived experience. As hard and frustrating as it is, you cannot make someone without lived experience understand and you can't change their beliefs. You can only change your own beliefs. You can only shift your own mindset. So now go out there and do the work. Do the work to change your beliefs, to shift your mindset. Do the work to let go of labels so you can finally take the actions you know you need to take. My course, Extremely Hungry to Completely Satisfied, guides you step by step through the entire journey from feeling stuck to feeling free, which you can learn more about on my website at livelabelfree.com. Or if you want to work one-on-one with me and really get that individualized support, you can also find all the details on my website. But if you want a completely free resource to get started and to literally get a taste of what it's like working with me or kind of how I create content, remember that there's always that free training, How to Win the Mental Hunger Games. I hope to see you there soon, or otherwise, I'll chat with you in the next episode. Bye-bye for now. Just one foot in front of the other And you'll see This podcast has been recorded by your host, Liv. This podcast has been edited by my small but mighty Live Label Free team. And the beautiful song, One Foot in Front of the Other, that you are now listening to was written and recorded by my beautiful mom, Louise Alexandra. I am so grateful for my team and everyone who supports Live Label Free. Together, we are always stronger.